Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. What if the number of Americans covered by Obamacare was soon dwarfed by truly free or near free health care? Actually free, not fake free. 31 million are covered by the exchanges by ACA since 09. Now we taxpayers subsidize almost 90% of those folks, but their deductibles are sky high. 11,000 smackers are in the silver plan. So clearly they're functionally uninsured by any definition. They have a Maserati, they simply can't afford to drive. Okay, 31 million since 09. Now, by comparison, 23 million are covered by employers and fed up consumers through direct primary care. And most of that jump on has been since 2017, 18. So this is, we're talking like rocket speed momentum with DPC. Now one third of independent wide scope PCPs are in the movement by calculation I did on LinkedIn today. One in three Fortune 100s are dipping their toes into this movement. And most of Silicon Valley is waist deep, including Alphabet, which is Google, Amazon, Apple, Comcast, LinkedIn, Meta, which is Facebook, Intuit. Why? Because this flavor of DPC has a hard one-to-one ROI, which grows to three or four-to-one in a couple of years. You'll learn that from our guests today. But it goes to 10-to-1 when you throw in indirect soft cost savings, like reduced absenteeism. Workers' comp premium drops is more or healthier. Presenteeism at work resignation, we call it. Retention and recruitment are also rock solid when you offer free or near free healthcare. Because remember, one-to-one means it's free to the employer so they can pass it through. So employers are 90% of what's fueling this rocket adoption of direct primary care. Engagement will generally start low from reports or folks on the show in the 20 to 30% engagement range. But it trends higher once the word gets around in the cafeterias and the docks that this is actually the real deal Holyfield. And consumers rate this with net promoter scores 30 to 50 points higher in the 88 to 98% range than legacy care, which is in the 35 to 60% range. Employers are renewing in the 98% range and costs to the taxpayers are absolutely zero, unlike the exchanges. And there's zero borrowing from China and Japan to finance unlike ACA. And there's zero regulations required. Although ERISA could drop the opt-out finding problem that doctors have and tax-advantaged HSAs would sure be nice, Mr. IRS Commissioner. There's zero lobbying needed, zero change required of the bigs. We just kind of step around them and get deals when we need them. And there's zero begging for change at conferences on pitch decks. There's zero pitchfork signs, bullhorns, torches required. And communities can see an immediate dividend when everybody's premiums and co-pays disappear, as much as 30 million per 1,000 employees participating. And that's an evergreen versus a quick bump like a one-time stimulus check. So it goes on forever. So zero added to our medical debt burden. 
Now, adding a million a month of good people that we're accumulating laden with ruined credit, thank you to surprise hospital building. And medical errors, our number three cause of death, were maybe dropped now because we're sending less into their downstream hurricane of complexity. We have millions, uncalculable millions, that are disabled every year from these same errors. And adios billing, collecting forever, forever for doctors. The number one devil goes away, bankrupting our people, our school budgets, our city count of state budgets, our federal deficits, and shareholders win with the number two cost healthcare is finally reducible 20 to 60%. And as I said, the plan pays for itself. We talked about ROI one-to-one -one on top of the show. And all our poor towns and schools can finally cover 100% of their peeps by booting extractive middles and high deductible tyranny. We've had a show on that, how Acadia, Florida, Acadia Hospital eliminated their biggest problem and saved the county by booting out the middles. Our beloved and doctors and nurses are now back to their calling and burnout, a distant, unpleasant memory with fresh EHR approach. Now care episodes are recorded and auto-transcribed versus coding tap, tap, tappery during a meeting, during the exam. So panels are also diced in half, then half again. Instead of 2,500, you typically see 600, 800. And U.S. has a real shot at being number one again in outcomes one day when we replace their rotted, infested, foundation-free house with our own. This model on its own places is right there in that quadrant with cost and outcomes where we need to be. So yeah, if we were standalone, DPC would be in the premier quadrant. It's a future where everybody wins. I'm excited to introduce you today to Wayne Orchard with Lyric Health. Wayne has over 15 years experience with the virtual healthcare space. He and three partners started it in 2015 with a mission to deliver virtual care in a new and fresh way by reducing friction for all. He's grown to 4 million users and was rebranded as Lyric Health this year, it is now known. And they offer urgent and primary care along with integrated labs and behavioral health. Wayne, welcome to the show. Any comments before we go? You know, the only thing I, I would state from what you were talking about is, you know, what everyone's looking for is affordable health care, right? And that's why conversations like this of having government paid health care or having universal health care is attractive is because the premiums have gotten so out of control. But I think, you know, certainly probably for a whole nother discussion is how do you control the health care costs within itself in order to be affordable through your premiums, right? So I wish there was a, a simple answer to that, but I, I think just having the conversations is, is definitely worth a good start. Well, Scott Shreve of Crossover Health said, it looks like magic on y'all's end, but it's a lot of hard work on our end to make that magic work. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk, I'm confused a little bit. A dear friend of both of ours told me that you have 8 million members but your website says 4 million members. What's the truth? Uh, well, we have 4 million lives, but when you start adding in uh, dependents and, and also a lot of times we cover, um, you know, a family. And that's one of the, the unique things about telehealth or virtual care is typically we're not only just with the employer or the consumer, but actually the extended family. However, not everybody is within our system. Right. So if someone um, never uses our service that they're, you know, maybe like, you know, I have uh, three children and, you know, if my youngest child is uh, with a pediatrician, I never uh, use this service, uh, even though that person's covered, uh, they never show up in our system. So we're counting all those who are in our system for four million. OK, I understand. OK, that makes perfect sense. 
All right. I love to talk on the show with folks like you about the winners. Let's talk about how employers win. This is your site. In a study of 17,000 participants, hospital admissions dropped 30%, doctor visits 60% for a savings of 45% of unnecessary doctor and emergency care visits. Is that about right? Yeah. And really, I think that's really on a, on a conservative side because, you know, it, it takes a, um, education with that employee or the consumer to understand what virtual care can do. The American Medical Association came out way back, you know, uh, years ago and saying that over 78% of all face-to-face medical care could have been done over the phone. Yes. You know, and so it's a twofold type of savings. Uh, One is the actual physical hard dollars, right? And and a claim that, you know, if you're doing a virtual care, then there's not so much stress or strain on the system. So therefore it is more affordable. However, uh, time and money, right? Of that, that employee. And then that equals production, because if, if I'm an employee and I have a doctor's appointment at one o'clock, I I said it at once and that way I can try to get it during lunchtime and stuff. Well, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to return because I've got the travel time. I've got the time I'm sitting there, you know, now I possibly have to get a medication afterwards or blood work or, you know, so my whole afternoon is gone. And so the whole productivity, you know, uh, is a whole nother area of savings that is not a tangible thing, but it certainly is something that it's the bottom line. Well, I'll tell you what is tangible is so PBGH is the largest purchasing business group health alliance in the country. That includes Walmart, Costco. Most of the major employers in California are part of it. And they did a study, and it's the largest primary care study of its kind, that shows a 10 to 1 ROI for employers that use primary care in their day-to-day. So it could be on-site, near-site, virtual, doesn't matter. The The point that they were making is that, and what I said at the sh- in the top of the show is, if you count absenteeism cutting back, if you count workers' comp claims going down, if you count people that are now fully engaged at work instead of, as they say, at work resignation, those numbers add up to 10 to 1 ROI for every dollar invested in y'all and Wayne Orchard's company and Lyric and, and all of your competitors. Right. So it's a beautiful thing. Nobody's really talking about this or counting this. I, I think it's interesting that California was the first to study because they're not the source of anything interesting usually, but right. I'm really excited for that kind of ROI. Yeah. So as we continue to, to dive more and more into virtual care, and, and I think, you know, as you related, back in 2015, myself and, and three others uh, started up My Telemedicine, right? Mm-hmm. And that name, Telemedicine, right, kind of conjured up the episodic cold cough flu type of, of care, which we do, and we do very well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, as the pandemic came around, that focus needed to change from just those episodic care to now day-to-day care, Mm. you know, where we now have virtual primary care. Now we're integrated with labs. Now we're integrated with behavior health. And so trying to be virtual care head to toe is is our mission, Yes, you know, and what we're finding is that the, the primary care provider is the quarterback, right? And a lot of people don't really use the primary care provider in the way that they should. The primary care provider really is there for preventive. Mm-hmm. Your specialist, right? Usually that's a reactive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh, something has happened. Now I've got to go to a specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it is a, a precursor of, oh, hey, let me go check this out before something happens or get out of control. But however, the, the primary care provider is to 
stop that is to, is to make sure that someone is taking care of their health. So Ron, I, I got a, you know, a, a quick story and why I'm so passionate about our virtual primary care is because I had been feeling, you know, kind of off. I had been diagnosed uh, with, with AFib uh, years back. I mean, we're talking like 16 years back. I had an episode back then, uh, but never on medication or anything that, you know, it didn't need, need that, but I was starting to kind of feel off now the last year and i thought well maybe it's the afib acting up so i went ahead and made a you know uh, an appointment with a cardiologist right well i couldn't get in to a cardiologist for six i think it's six or seven weeks wow right well i'm going along my day and i go on a business trip and it was a quick in and out overnight real quick meetings and stuff flying back from nashville and i'm at the dfw airport and I'm walking the concourse and, and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, I need to go get this checked out. Now I was breathing heavy, heart rate was accelerating. I knew I wasn't having a heart attack. You know, I understand those, those uh, signs, but I'm like, there's something off. Right. And especially after I call my wife and she goes, you go to the hospital right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, yes, ma'am. And so I head off to the, to the local uh, ER and I'm thinking, all right, they're going to, you know, say, all right, Wayne, you know, you, need to exercise you need to you know cut back on the the fried foods and and all and it was it was totally uh different i went in and they of course you you say something with your heart and they're rushing you in the back and they're running all kinds of tests and essentially after staying overnight for observation because some of the tests were like well we really wanted to see what's happening long term you know more hours so I stayed to observation and then had a cardiologist at the, you know, immediately after, after that point in time, run more tests. So three months go by all these tests, uh, we're talking CAT scans, we're talking, you know, echo stress tests and all after this, this three month period, I get with the cardiologist and he goes, well, Wayne, you've got uh, high blood pressure. Uh, you have uh, high cholesterol and stress. And he goes, your heart is perfect. You know, because I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have to have bypass and all that. He said, no, valves are clean. Everything's good. He goes, these three things just kind of hit all at, all at one time, you know, for, for this episode. Now, in that three months, Ron, and all these tests, and we're talking what the actual insurance had to pay, $50,000. Wow. Now, and, and what does it all come down to? Because Wayne was too busy, or Wayne thought, he was too busy to go to a primary care to take care of these things to even find out. So if I had gone in just on a, a regular well visit, I could have found this out. Now think about what that that wellness visit is. Let's just say you know insurance is you know a hundred bucks, and let's say labs were another hundred, and then let's say medication throughout that entire you know next year because it's all generic. Let's say that was you know two hundred dollars. So we have $300 or $400, you know, accumulated on a yearly basis that could have stopped a $50,000 bill. Yes. Right. And it could have been worse. Yes. I, you know, it could have been a lot worse. So we've put time and money over our own health. So I'm very passionate in, in saying, okay, how do we engage someone like myself and make it very easy for them to consume their healthcare. You know, we're in, we're in such a uh, me, 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 now, now, now uh, society 
but healthcare is not changing that. Healthcare is still putting the onus on the employee and the employer. Oh, you want to be healthy? You do this. You do this. You do this. So as, as we're looking through this virtual care lens, it, it's not just a impersonal because the one thing that I know is it takes a personal touch sometimes to get engaged. So, you know, we put in a entire care team process to follow up, to make sure that if someone is supposed to come in in 90 days for their follow-up, you know, make sure that their medications are working and now get a medication refill. Well, on day 80, if they haven't made that appointment, well, we're reaching out. Well, that begs the question, why didn't you use your own system to, to generate a cardiology visit? Because y'all are care navigators as well. Right. So... So with that is is again the same thing as you know, and, and some of us that are in, in the health systems are are some of the worst patients. Oh, and okay. like I said, I'm I'm surrounded by doctors, you know, every, every day and, and talking with them. However, there was again the shift through the pandemic, right? Virtual yeah. care was really all right, Wayne, you got a cough, cold, flu, rash, mm-hmm. or something, then that that's when you talk to the doctor. Yeah. Well, in in the doctors you know, the big shift wasn't really on the employee side or employers or consumers. It was really the doctors okay. because come March, 2020, all of a sudden those, all those doctors who said, you can't do this virtually. You can't take care of someone's day-to-day care virtually. You can't, right? Because they just, they, they do what they do, yeah. you know, and, and it, it's worked all this time. So why change things up? Well, March, 2020, no one can go into anyone's offices. I see. Right. Well, let's shift into that. You're leading into my very next question, which is how did the doctors and nurses win that join your company? You have 750 board certified docs, psychologists, psychiatrists, and dermatologists. How are they winners when they join your company? What is their renewal rate or their net promoter scores internally? Are they happy? Oh, very, very happy. One thing that virtual care has done for them is they're doing what they went to school to do, yes. which was practice medicine. Did you see the numbers that 117,000 docs left their roles last year and nurses lost 53,000? So, yeah. And it's going to be double or triple that this year. They're vacating their hospitalist positions because, number one, they're finding guys like you to work for and, and going to work themselves in DPC. Yeah. No, I, I saw that, that, that probably the exact same thing on, on LinkedIn. Um, and it's just, you know, and we've always, said this is what's happening yeah you know people are going away in droves so what are your internal metrics wayne what does it look like internally are y'all getting high mpss yeah yeah and and here's the you know here's really the cool thing about it is now that the providers are embracing virtual care you know recruitment they're coming to us imagine starting off our our business you know in, in 2015 and then i knew of all telemedicine companies before that, it was, I mean, it was recruitment was, was, was kind of hard, right? You got it yeah. done and, and it was capable, right? Uh, but right now I've got a backlog of doctors saying, hey, I want to do this this way, right? I want the virtual care. Well, that's a fair metric. Let's talk about the cost. How much is cost going down for your typical employer that joins y'all? Oh, we're, we're able to see significant savings in a, a plan, right? So especially your self-insured, self-funded uh, plan that, that's out there that we can divert now, not only those urgent care, emergency care, because you know, on a Saturday afternoon, if someone is 
has has the flu and you know excuse me was throwing up and and has all the aches and pains they don't care where they go at that point in time okay right i mean when when we get sick we just want to get better so it's amazing how many people go to the er right just because at eight o'clock on saturday night that's the only thing that they can get to yeah and so redirecting those we've seen just a significant you know savings and now as the virtual primary care is is really ramping up we're really starting to see those other types of claims of going into an employer and saying hey did you know that we found 10 percent of your company has hypertension and and can now get that treated you know five percent was pre-diabetic mm. you know and so all these matrix that we're seeing more on the preventative side really is is showing hey the end result is going to be mitigating the risk of those unnecessary high dollar claims that you would see later on if someone didn't take care of this which is 70 80 percent of their claim so are you able to show them at least a one-to-one roi year one? Oh, certainly you know i mean it's okay you know year one it, it's you know we're talking three or five to one okay at, at a minimum just because of the urgent care side yes you know not even taking care not even taking account all the virtual primary care or the soft costs i mentioned earlier yeah um so that it's it's clearly that listen one to one folks if you're listening that's called free <laughs> and if you're five to one that's called a 500 percent return on your dollar okay let's go shift on to we talked about outcomes we talked about costs renewals are your employers renewing in the 90 percent range plus oh yes yes we okay. yeah we have been very blessed twofold of of having some great partners uh and, and great clients out there uh, we strive for for great service us at operational right the the executive team, we're not doctors you know we have a chief medical officer we have clinical teams and all that but it's so our focus how do we deliver this service we're not trying to tell a doctor all right this is exactly how you do stuff you know they've they've gone to school and and you know, have again some clinical guidelines right they follow but our concern is how do we make sure that the satisfaction is there prompt you know callbacks but usability you know do you make the app where it's very simple our call center being 24 7 english and spanish you know just having everything in place that just makes it easy to access the care. And when you do, you get not just left hanging you know, out there. If there is something that requires a face-to-face, um, again, you know, there, there's there's some things that you can't take care of virtually. And, and mm-hmm. we know that, right? But we have things in place to make sure that someone gets to the right care that they need. Um, so much so, Ron, I, you know, I don't know if you, you know this, we just received our second year in a row, uh, J.D. Powers Telehealth uh, Customer Satisfaction Award. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Yeah. So employers are winning. Costs are winning. Outcomes are improving. What other metrics do y'all look at internally to see if you're doing a good job for your doctors, for your consumers that are using you, for your employees? What, what other metrics are important to you guys? Well, it's what I call the human matrix right it's making sure that we're communicating uh with with everyone and you know one thing that we do is every consult that is is performed um we have a post consult call to that person 
And this is not um, an automated call. It's not an email. It's not a, 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 you know, a person from our care team is calling to make sure that that person has been taken care of, that they're satisfied. We do try to retrieve information as far as, you know, how their experience with a doctor and stuff was, but make sure that there's nothing else that can be done at that point in time. Um, and then the same thing on our client side, you know, we want to make sure that the employer has the information that they have. You know, we uh, built a self-service admin portal so that the even the employer can go in at any point in time and pull up hundreds of different kinds of flyers, seasonal, you know, back to school, you know, back to whatever it, it may be that they can have at the fingertips and making sure that our client managers are keeping up with those types of communications is critical. So that human part is, is something that we, you know, take to heart. When I can't find your Google ratings, probably because you just changed your name this year. Yeah. But I'm going to imagine your Google ratings are in mostly fours and fives. Yes. Yeah. So my telemedicine is what, again, from 2015 till January of, of 2022, um, again, that we started our, our Lyric Health uh, this year. Um, and, and we think, you know, it's, it's certainly got a different view to things. And we're looking for that brand to grow just as it did, you know, my telemedicine. Okay, very good. I can't imagine there would be anywhere else in the healthcare where you'd find more satisfaction because of all the things I said at the top of the show. It's, this is just clearly the future of healthcare. This is clearly the friction-free consumer solution. I, I, can you imagine doing anything more? I mean, I, I guess y'all could add Oc Health, chiropractic or physical therapy, but you've got a pretty full offering right now. Well, you know, Ron, so just as, as you're talking about that, I am in the, the back end of integrating in virtual MSK, so physical therapy into our, our platform, because just as you, you're kind of getting to, alluding to, is that we're starting to see more and more services cross over. And so the satisfaction of someone coming in and saying, okay, this is how I want to take care of my healthcare. If I can order a pizza, if I can order, you know, if I can, if I can buy a car off my phone, why can I not consume my healthcare this way? So we're going to see, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see in five years where this, I mean, we've leaps and bounds from five years ago to now, but I think your remote patient monitoring, you know, home kits, you know, the things like that is going to, is going to totally change to make it very simple for someone to, take care of their own health again without it being a burdensome yeah how can people find you if they want to contact you sure so directly to me is wayne at getlyric.com you can always do uh, info at getlyric.com or call at 1-800-611-5601 okay and if you could fly a banner over america with one message what would that banner be saying do the right thing. Okay. Wayne, thank you. We're going to do this again because clearly y'all are one of the leaders in the space and I am excited to see what you're doing and how you're growing. Keep up with you. Well, I appreciate it, Ron. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.